Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us of God's unfailing love for his people. God will take his wife Israel back again to himself. Listen to Hosea. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. The word loving kindness means steadfast love. God is steadfast in his love towards Israel. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Satan has easily deceived man into believing the earth is billions of years old, and it's that very teaching that causes even those in the church to believe that this world is going to last forever. Today, Pastor Xavier helps identify the signs that are clearly pointing to a soon end to this earth and the coming kingdom of God. The message this morning is entitled, The Millennial Kingdom. The Millennial Kingdom is a term that refers to the period of the thousand years mentioned in chapter 20 of the book of Revelation, verse 2 through 7. Six times the term in the Greek is used, chilioi, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, verse 7. One thousand years is interpreted because that's what it means. This is not the only reference as we have seen, as well as the entire preview of his coming in chapter 19. The amount of material that is found in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation regarding the prophetic announcement of the future millennial kingdom, and millennial is a big word for a thousand years, okay? It is said to be larger than any other subject by Dwight Pentecost in his book of Last Things. There is more scriptural evidence and material about the thousand years than any other. So in the next weeks, I'm going to give you a panoramic look of the kingdom age, the millennial kingdom. Then we're going to look at the government of the millennial kingdom, the worship of the millennial kingdom, and we'll finish up with the Beatitudes of the book of Revelation, okay? So you understand it. Now, as we have seen formerly in our study of the kingdom age, some teach that the church is Israel, and that God is through with Israel, and that we now take all the promises, that God has no more to do with Israel, and that is wrong. They are two distincts. Though Israel is the wife that's put away, we are the church of Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ. There's a big distinction. There are those who believe that the church will usher in the kingdom. Wrong. The church is part of the kingdom, but the church is not the kingdom, nor will it usher in the kingdom. You got a lot of this in the 80s, kingdom theology, let's occupy territory, let's get Christian candidates into the president's offices and that, and let's take back territory because we're going to bring in the kingdom, and the world's going to get better and better, and it's just going to, boom, the kingdom's here. Knock on wood. Hmm. You know why they used to do that? The woodsmen, they asked the demon to leave the tree before they knock it down. <laughs> it's not a biblical theology. The world's not getting better. The church will not bring in the kingdom, but the church will come back with Jesus Christ to set up the kingdom. Some teach that there will be world-wall evangelism that will convert the whole world and, and then bring in the kingdom, and that's part of the presupposition. Well, in Revelation 14, 6, we already realize that God will send the, the angel with the everlasting gospel to preach the kingdom. The church has failed to take the gospel throughout the world. Now, thank God we're going, and we do go, but we'll never accomplish it. 
God has led that angel in Revelation 14, 6 to preach the everlasting gospel. Everybody will know. Do you realize that more people know about Pepsi-Cola and Coca-Cola in the world than Jesus Christ this morning? And possibly more in the United States than Jesus Christ for the first time in our generation? Amazing. This type of theology interprets the kingdom parables as the world getting better and better. No, the kingdom parable shows the corruption and the decay. The world's not getting better. Oh, we're getting smarter, technology, all that. But in terms of violence and evil, man, we're good at evil. Now, there are various forms and views regarding the millennial kingdom. And there are three that are the most popular, um, even though one is not that popular anymore. But let me give them to you, and then we'll enter into it. First of all, there is the amillennial. And anytime you put a word A in front of a Greek word, it means no. So amillennial means there is no thousand-year reign. This was introduced in the fourth century by a uh, dantatist named Tychonius. He taught that there is no such teaching as the literal thousand year or the millennial kingdom on earth. And he spiritualized it, teaching that the reign of Christ is the age of the church from the resurrection of Jesus Christ until his coming, the parousia. Augustine, the Catholic church father, took this and really popularized it, and he took the thousand years and made it figurative, symbolic. Okay? The second view is called post-millennial. This view was introduced in the 12th century by a man named Abbot Jochim as the alternative view of amillennial. And this teaches that before the end of history, there would be an age of the spirit, a period of spiritual prosperity and peace for the church on earth, which, again, was identified with the millennium of chapter 20 of the Revelation, though it's not primarily being drawn from there. So there's a lot of things read into that. And that's the thing you have to take things in their context. It's called inductive Bible study. Only what is in there is truth. You don't read into it. You don't put in there. You don't interpret it before you read it. There's the third view, which is pre-millennial view. And this was introduced in the 17th century under the influence of Joseph Meadey. He taught that there would be a literal thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth that will be preceded by the personal second coming of Christ and the bodily resurrection of the saints to precede the millennial or the thousand-year reign. Now, the interesting thing about these three teachings, especially this last one, is that the early church fathers, and I'm talking about the first 300 years, all taught pre-millennialist. They believed that they expected a personal coming of Christ in glory to inaugurate a millennial kingdom on the earth before the last judgment, which was not only the interpretation of Revelation 20, but also was the Jewish expectation of the messianic kingdom. The present age, the age to come. That's why the disciples wanted to sit on the right hand and the left hand in his glory when they got to Jerusalem. You have Justin, Irenaeus, Tertullian, and many, many others. The first 300 years, they taught pre-millennial. And that's what we at Calvary Chapel believe. 
So when they say, well, it didn't begin to the 17th century, well, I don't care what the church has taught. The church is messed up. I don't apologize for the church history. It's messed up. I go to the scriptures. What do the scriptures teach? The church has taught many weird things, and I'm talking about the historical church, whether it be Catholic church or Protestant divisions or whatever it may be. They're not doctrine. They're not the authority. It's what does the Bible teach? Now, since we are in our study of the book of Revelation, we're making this text as our launching point, but I don't want to limit myself to this. We're going to take the whole of Scripture because I want to give you a panoramic view of what the Bible teaches, okay? Let the Bible speak for itself. We want to do it from three perspectives, three elements about the millennial kingdom. First, the covenant of Israel in relationship to the millennium, okay? The covenant of Israel, first of all. And then second of all, we're going to see the person of Christ in relationship to the millennium. And then we'll finish off thirdly with the spiritual character in relationship to the millennium. And those three things are just flooded with evidence from Genesis to Revelation. Let's begin with the covenant of Israel in relationship to the millennium. Jot down Genesis 13, verse 14 through 15, and just listen. The Abrahamic covenant regarding the land and its seed has not been fulfilled. Okay? Listen. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated himself from him, Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants. Listen, listen. Forever. Big argument. Who's the land belong to? The Jews. Forever. Have they occupied it all? No. Isaiah 60 verse 21 says, Also your people shall all be righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified forever again. The land and the people go together. Never forget that. God gave the land to Abraham. The people and the land cannot be separated. They go together. Israel is back in the land today, but they still have not possessed all the land. Even in Solomon's days, they didn't possess all that the promise in the law. It's yet to be fulfilled. Israel is looking for an earthly kingdom. We, the church, are looking for a heavenly kingdom. There's another distinction between the wife and the bride. Listen to Leviticus 26, 42. And mark down Leviticus 26, but this is a key chapter. If you're going to find out anything about the promises of God for Israel, Leviticus 26 is key. Listen to verse 42. God gave the provision for the return to the land based on their repentance through their generations. Listen. Then I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. I will remember and I will remember the land. And it's based on repentance. He will remember the people and the land. Now the Abrahamic covenant, we are told, will be fulfilled in the millennium, the thousand-year reign. Jot down Isaiah 2, 1 through 3. Listen. The word of Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now it shall come to pass that in the latter days, key, latter days, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. All nations. You see everybody going to Jerusalem today? <laughs> Many people shall come and say, Come, 
Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Pretty nifty, huh? That means Jesus has got to be present there. Everybody goes to Jerusalem. That's a thousand-year reign. Listen to Zechariah 13, 8 through 9. And it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, two-thirds of it shall be cut off and die, but one-third shall be left in it. In other words, two or three Jews are going to die during the tribulation, great tribulation. I will bring the one-third through the fire, will refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will answer them, and I will say, this is my people, and each one will say, the Lord is my God. That one of the purpose for the tribulation and great tribulation is to prepare Israel for her Messiah. They will call upon his name. We already went into chapter 12. We did a message where the woman Israel flees to the wilderness to Petra, and God protects her there for three and a half years. Isaiah 51, 3 says, For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. It will be like before the fall during the millennial kingdom. So from the Abrahamic covenant, it hasn't been fulfilled, has it? Now you know if God promised, he can't lie, right? Has to be fulfilled. Now, from the Davidic covenant regarding the kingly throne of Messiah, it has to be fulfilled. Jot down 2 Samuel 7, verse 12 and 13, and listen. When your days are fulfilled and you rest in your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body. I will establish his kingdom, and he will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. He's talking to David about his son Solomon, who would be the fulfillment on the short term. The long term would be Messiah. Two full fulfillment, as we've seen many times in prophecy. The Davidic covenant, we are told, will be fulfilled in the millennial kingdom. Isaiah is very clear about this in Isaiah 11, verse 1 and 2. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. That's the title for Messiah. And a branch shall grow out of its root. Another title for Messiah. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Capital H. God. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and might. The Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. That's the Messiah reigning. In Jeremiah 23, 5 through 8. He says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth, in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Is Israel dwelling safely right now? <laughs> There's war. We haven't gone over there in four years. Now this is his name by which he will be called. Listen, the Lord our righteousness, the Lord to sit canoe. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives who brought us the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives who brought us out of the, and our descendants from the house of Israel from the north country and from all the countries where I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their land. So the promise there is no longer looking to Egypt, but that God will bring them from the north, from the south, from the east, all over back there. Now we know that it's back in the land, but only in part. Only in part. I will establish one shepherd over them, my servant David. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. Ezekiel 34, 23. 
So from the Abrahamic covenant, there can be no doubt. From the Davidic covenant, there can neither be no doubt. They haven't been fulfilled. But there's one more covenant that is spoken about. It's called the everlasting covenant regarding the land. And it has not been fulfilled. And it will be fulfilled in the millennial kingdom. Genesis chapter 17, verse 7 and 8, God told Abraham, And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants. Listen, for an everlasting covenant. Also I will give to you your descendants after the land in which you were strangers, all the land of Canaan, as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Everlasting, everlasting. That means forever. Ezekiel 16, 60 says, Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. Everlasting covenant. It hasn't been done. Ezekiel 36, 28 through 29. You know that's a key chapter for the last days. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will deliver you from all your uncleanness, and I will call for the grain and multiply it and bring no famine upon you. The day of blessing to Israel. Zechariah says, I will strengthen the house of Judah, and I will save the house of Joseph, and I will bring them back because I have mercy on them. They shall be as though I had not cast them aside, for I am the Lord their God, and I will hear them. Zechariah 10.6. So the everlasting covenant hasn't been fulfilled. Now, the reality of the new covenant will be their new heart, forgiveness of their sins being filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, as a nation, this has not yet been fulfilled, though Israel is back in the land as a nation. Uh, Jeremiah 31, verse 31 through 34, um, is really um, quoted in Hebrews 8, 8 through 13, and 10, 16 through 18. Listen to Jeremiah's prophets. Okay, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the days that I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. Now here's the new covenant. Listen. But, contrast to the old, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds, write them in their hearts, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor or every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquities and their sins I will remember no more. That has not happened. Hebrews quotes it in part that individual Jews can be saved, but as a nation it will be fulfilled during the millennial kingdom as they call upon the Lord towards the end of the great tribulation. God will take his wife Israel back again to himself. Hosea is the classic prophet. Listen to Hosea 2, 19 through 20. I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. The word loving kindness is the word hesed in the Hebrew. It's a covenant word. It means steadfast love. God is steadfast in his love towards Israel. He cannot lie. And so this is the covenant of Israel in relationship to the millennium. It still has to be fulfilled. 
and it will be. Now, secondly, there is the person of Christ in relationship to the millennium. Jot down Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7, and as I read it, you will identify it real, real quickly. The teaching of the scripture is clear. There can be no earthly theocratic kingdom without the personal presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order and establish it with judgment and justice from the time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. A twofold fulfillment. The first half, verse 6, is the first coming. Verse 7 is the second coming, the kingdom of David. He's the one that sits on the throne. We already saw 2 Samuel chapter 7. This is a confirmation of that. In fact, Isaiah eleven nine 9 says, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers the seas. Jesus will be present in the millennial kingdom, and everybody will know about him. Everybody will have the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right now, not everybody has the knowledge of Christ. As I said earlier, there are people in the United States. Listen, there are people in Pasadena that have never heard about Jesus Christ. You say, come on, X. Come on. There are people. We are a godless, God-hating nation, the God of the Bible. We tolerate every other God, but they target the God of the Bible. And there are people in the city of Pasadena who have never heard about Jesus Christ. There are people in your neighborhood that have never heard about Jesus Christ. But they know about Pepsi-Cola, Coca-Cola. They know about everything else. Isaiah says, in mercy, the throne will be established, and one will sit on the, in it in truth. In the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking justice, hastening righteousness. Isaiah 16, 5. One will sit upon it. Who? Only Jesus, the Messiah. No one else can sit on it. In fact, by the very words of Jesus, as we will see, he told his disciples. But Isaiah says, the Redeemer will come to Zion. And to those who turn from transgression. And Jacob, says the Lord, Isaiah 59, 20. So again, it's dealing with Israel. And when Jesus was speaking to his disciples, you remember when he said to them in Matthew 19, 28, Assuredly I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit in 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Matthew 19, 28. He says he will sit upon the throne during that time. Jesus presented himself as the king returning to receive a kingdom in his teaching in the gospels. The parables are clear on this. The parable of the wheat and the tares in Matthew 13, 24 through 30, and then the interpretation in verse 36 through 43. The present age is one of sowing the word of God for salvation between the first and the second coming. The enemy is Satan and his children. Very, very clear. There's a spiritual warfare going on right now. In the parable of the pounds, Luke 19, 11 through 27, the nobleman went out to receive a kingdom and return. The servants were delivered menace, 
and told, do business till I come. At his return, he took account of their faithfulness and rewarded accordingly, judging those who did not want him to rule over them. Very, very clear. And if you go through the other parables, it's the same thing. He spoke constantly about returning for his kingdom. Pastor Xavier Reese reminding us of the never-too-soon return of Jesus. And you can request a copy of today's encouraging lesson, The Millennial Kingdom. As always, it's available for just $4 on CD. Make sure you pass along a copy of today's important study to someone in your Bible study. The title to ask for once again is The Millennial Kingdom, or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you contact us. How does God want His children to live? Join Pastor Xavier Reese as he explores the simple truths found in the book of Revelation. That's next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 